Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. training to be a yoga instructor I was I you know I ran three times a week I was healthy I was a time of life when you are ready to to grasp it and that was the time at which I had my stroke I was on holiday with my family and there was one night it was really odd and I woke up at night and I felt like I had a heavy heavy thing on my neck and it was almost squeezing the air out of me but then it stopped and I went back to sleep and I went down uh, the, in the morning and I said to my mum god I was really weird last night I had this really odd feeling on my neck and she said oh god well I think it must be maybe you were you know have you got a headache or something and I was like oh no and then about lunchtime, we were having lunch and I couldn't get comfortable. I couldn't, you know, there was no way that I could feel comfortable on my seat thing that we had. And I got up and I moved around a bit and then something started happening in my head. And I thought to myself, oh my God, you are having a stroke. And then I collapsed. My brother said, Oh, take this fleece off of her. And so they were going to cut cut it off of me. And I remember going, no, no, don't cut the fleece off of me. I've got to, you know, I've got to keep this on. When the helicopter came in, I was put on it. And my mum was also put on it. And I remember her saying, I'm not very good at these. I'm not very good at helicopters. You will drive carefully. And I remember sitting, lying on my stretcher and looking at the doctor's face and just thinking to myself, or one thing's there, but thinking, please don't let me go. Hello, Mark Goodyear here. Welcome to Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. Today we'll hear from Christina Corbett. Christina is originally from Winchester, now lives in Madagascar, and was 32 when she suffered her stroke. I came from um, a family, there were five of us, and it was quite a close family. And I was communications, and um, I was a journalist, and then I worked for communications and media for various NGOs, and I still do. I was trained to be a yoga instructor. I was, I, you know, I ran three times a week. I was healthy. I was a time of life when you are ready to, to grasp it. And that was the time at which I had my stroke. 
I was on holiday with my family and there was one night and it was really odd and I woke up at night and I felt like I had a heavy, heavy thing on my neck and it was almost squeezing the air out of me, but then it stopped and I went back to sleep. And I went down uh, the, in the morning and I said to my mum, God, I was really weird last night. I had this really odd feeling on my neck. And she said, oh, God, well, I think it must be maybe you were, you know, have you got a headache or something? And I was like, oh, no. And so it just carried on. And that, so that was on the Monday and then I went running, I was helping paint, <laughs> paint the house, I was doing all of those things. And then on Wednesday, we had decided to go out in a boat. And so there were about eight of us on the boat, including the driver. And we went off into all the coves and, you know, I was running up hills. And, and then about lunchtime, we were having lunch. And I couldn't get comfortable. I couldn't, you know, there was no way that I could feel comfortable on my seat thing that we had. And I got up and I moved around a bit. And then something started happening in my head. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, you are having a stroke. And then I collapsed. And then I was unconscious. With the, the, the driver of the boat was just fantastic. He took us back into the town called Tobimori, which is at the north of the island. And then I waited there for a little bit. And then I got taken down to Salen. It's about 45 minutes away. And that was where the doctor was. And he said, yeah, she's had a stroke. He got a, a helicopter for me. It was odd because I have no recollection of how I got off the boat, you know, what it was of anything except one thing I was wearing a fleece and um, uh, my brother said oh take this fleece off of her and so they were going to cut cut it off of me and I remember going no no don't cut the fleece off of me I've got to you know I've got to keep this on when the the helicopter came in, I was put on it. My mum was also put on it. And I remember her saying, I'm not very good at these. I'm not very good at helicopters. You will drive carefully. And I remember sitting, lying on my stretcher and looking at the doctor's face and just thinking to myself, or one thing's there, but thinking, please don't let me go. Please be here. You're going to make me better. You're going to make me better. Christina was transported to Glasgow. And so that was that was very short time from having the stroke to being at the hospital. There was one lady, she was an expert in this operation that you have, which is all about sticking a stent up you and then pushing it around all the little bits in your brain until it gets to the clot and then it busts the clot. So my mum said, yeah, do that, do that, do anything. And so I had that operation that night. And apparently one side of me was completely dead and the other side was kicking and I was struggling with my hands and like they had to hold me down. Yeah, then I was in intensive care unit for like four days with my brother and my sister coming in. And then I got 
out, got into a room on the stroke ward or something. Then I was in a sort of ward. I was in that hospital for three months, three and a half months. I look back on it now and I, I can see it's almost like I was, I'm looking back and seeing another person, but it wasn't, it was me. After three and a half months there, they, they, they kicked me out. I went to another sort of hospital in Oxford, and that was all about rehabilitation and sort of how you were going to get on in the world. That was for another three and a half months. It was like, okay, you've had your time, you're on your own now. It was like, you can't, I can't, you can't just chuck me out. And so we did get lots of physio. Coming up, Christina talks about how the stroke has changed her. It took me a long time to become the person that I am now. I'm not a different person from the person I was. I just think of the world differently. I'm much more patient with myself and with other people. Yeah, I think that is one of one thing that is that has really changed. And Christina will share her advice for stroke survivors' loved ones. If you want help, go and get some help because although you're helping a stroke survivor, a loved one should get help because they have a lot on their shoulders. It's almost as hard for them as it is for a stroke survivor. Christina's stroke resulted in her developing aphasia. That was awful. It was like my world had stopped. It was like I couldn't find the word to express all these thoughts and and which were mostly pretty. <laughs> which, there wasn't many nice thoughts in my head then. It's hard to tell someone who hasn't had it how it makes you feel. It made me feel like I couldn't communicate with anyone. My life had been journalist and working community communications and stuff it had been all about talking to people and now if I couldn't talk to people just didn't know what I could do really then and it's taken me a long time to get over that I had some brilliant teachers and the one the one teacher who I had in um, Glasgow in my first hospital she was brilliant she was really good Uh, and she was Scottish obviously and I thought that I (laughs) would Like come back to speaking with a Scottish accent, and I thought that'd be that'd be quite funny going home with a Scottish accent, but I didn't. Um, And uh, yeah, it's yes, it took a and it it when I get tired and I find it hard to you know hard to think of the word that I want, so you talk around it. And, yeah, sometimes, you know, I'm looking at a a, a cake and the word quiche comes out of my mouth. Now I'm living in uh, Madagascar and with my job, which I went back to, and they were really good to me, 
I was also traveling around, mainly in Africa. And now I'm in Madagascar with my husband and my very gorgeous baby. And I had, obviously, after the stroke, it took me a long time to become the person that I am now. I'm not a different person from the person I was. I just think of the world differently. I'm much more patient with myself and with other people. Yeah, I think that is one of one thing that is that has really changed. Then I met my husband, and that was like five years after the stroke. And I thought that no one would ever want me, and he did. <laughs> and um, so that was that was lucky. And then I had my baby. She is now two and a half. And we live in Madagascar and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm moving, I'm, you know, I walk with a limp. My right hand is not really functioning. I'm living a normal life. You know, it, it does take me a bit of time to go out of the car. It does take me, you know, it takes me longer to do stuff than, you know, than it did. If you aren't going to wait for me, then tough luck, um, because I am going to be slow. I am going to be, you know, I take things in my own way. I think that, yes, it took a, a long while for me to find peace. It's not always peaceful in my life, but um to find that place where I, I'm knowing that I've had a stroke and I'm knowing that my body is how it is and that's that. Christina believes in perseverance. To fellow stroke survivors, I would just say people don't know what it's like to have had a stroke. And we unfortunately do know what it's like to have had a stroke. Just keep on doing what you're doing. You're doing it well. And just, I mean, people are, people want to know what it's like because they're very nosy and they just want to know a bit like what it, what it's like. And so I think this is where my anger darted from. And so this is why I'm, I'm kind of like this, but just give, give them a chance. And of course, not everyone, not everyone is, is, going to be falling over themselves to ask you questions. If you want help, go and get some help because although you're helping a stroke survivor, a loved one should get help because they have a lot on their shoulders. It's almost as hard for them as it is for a stroke survivor. After Christina's stroke, she developed severe aphasia. Her recovery, however, has been very strong and since her stroke, She's got married, given birth, and moved to Madagascar. Thank you for listening to Stroke Stories. We really appreciate your support. If you can comment and rate on the episode you hear, that would help us. And if you are, or you know of a stroke survivor, and there's a story you can share, please get in touch via our DMs on Twitter and Instagram. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd and Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening.
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.